Hello and welcome to the Erwin Mitchell podcast, here to keep you up to date with legal and financial news that matters to you. My name is Margaret Windrum and I'm a Senior Associate in the Will, Trust and Estate Disputes team here at Erwin Mitchell. And today's issue on the table is the rising number of probate cases over the past year. We'll not only be looking into the reasons why there's been an uplift in the number of cases, but also how to avoid disputes. On our panel today is Catherine Walsh and Laura Pang from the Will, Trust and Estate Disputes team and Ian Bond from our Lifetime and Estate Planning team. Thank you all for joining me. Thanks, Margaret. So, why has there been an increase in probate disputes in the past year? It's been reported by the Financial Times that probate disputes have increased by 37%, and this could be for a number of reasons. Ian, what do you think has had the biggest impact in the past few years? Biggest impact in the last few years, undoubtedly, has been the COVID-19 pandemic. When it first came onto our news screens um, at the start of the pandemic. It was this horrible virus that people didn't know what it was, but it was affecting young and old, and it was causing considerable amount of deaths. And uh, people understandably wanted to put their affairs in order. They were concerned uh, that this might affect them when it got to our shores and we went into lockdown. So there was a lot of people who wanted to either write their will for the first time because they were concerned, or they wanted to update their will with all the new restrictions that were put in place on not being able to get out and about in the same ways that we used to uh, and with this increased demand it became very difficult to actually put wills in place and to review wills so a lot of people were looking online for information how they could make their own wills and they were coming to see both professionals uh, solicitors uh, and also unregulated will writers uh, to put wills in place Um, with that uh, you know, there was a lot of difficulty in getting the formalities that are required to put a will in place uh, completed. And with the haste that people were putting wills in, in place through their DIY uh, homemade wills, there is the risk that some of the legal formalities haven't been complied with. So people may have thought that they'd put a, a will in place, uh, but when it comes to being inspected, it may not actually hit the legal requirements. because of the rush and because of the haste uh, then it means that a lot more of these wills that were made during the pandemic need to be investigated to make sure that they are a valid will and they do reflect the intentions of the person who's passed away but also with many unexpected and sudden deaths and people not being prepared more people have died in test state and when they've died in test state they have had the issue of the fact of challenges to the way that the state puts the distribution in place, the the intestacy rules, because it provides a very blunt instrument as to who gets what based on your family tree. And against common misconceptions, it doesn't have any provision for a common law spouse. Uh, So people who have been living together for many years who may have had children together, a mortgage together, a house together, but have never actually uh, entered into a marriage or a civil partnership together uh, may find that when one of the one of the two of them has passed away, the other is effectively written out by the intestacy rules, which therefore means that they have to go to court to actually establish any rights uh, to uh, 
any assets under that estate. So it's invariably going to have an impact on more wills to be challenged, more intestacies that are coming up which don't have satisfactory results, which means that more people will come uh, to court and challenge wills. So it's obviously been a very turbulent uh, few years for us. Um, and now we're also facing a cost of living crisis. Laura, what do you think the impact of that is going to be? Hi, Margaret. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so there's no doubt about it that we definitely are in a, a cost of living crisis. We're currently in the in a period of the highest inflation since the 1980s. And it's this combined with issues such as rising rents, low wages and lack of affordable housing, which has created a perfect storm for people who were already struggling. People are looking at any ways that they can to kind of achieve um, financial income. And if there's an opportunity for them um, to challenge an estate um, and the way that the estate is distributed to achieve financial um, gain via, um, you know, whether it's the state of, of a loved one or a close friend, then they're now more likely to pursue that challenge and to pursue a claim. Some of the claims that I deal with are already people who are struggling, um, are vulnerable, um, and the current crisis means that they're now even more worse off, and in, and, and that means that a higher proportion are being pushed onto the breadline um, and, and this is encouraging more people to bring claims. I think it's set to be some time before wages increase and inflation lowers. So we're definitely looking at seeing an increase um, in, in estate disputes for some time, I think. Yes. And uh, Catherine, what else is on the horizon that might be causing more disputes? Thanks, Margaret. So, um, the property market um, in particular will probably affect probate disputes quite significantly. So housing markets are rising at the fastest rate in over two decades. For example, in London, the average property price has gone from £25,000 in 1980 to over £520,000 in 2021. So that's a rise of um, about 2,000%. And in light of COVID, other areas have significantly ris risen in value which will result in more people challenging or willing to challenge estates. Um, often you find the property is now the primary and most valuable asset in an estate and estates are worth considerably more as a result. And as a result, you see disappointed would-be beneficiaries far more likely and willing to invest time and money into a dispute over a significant asset. I think this li links with what Laura was saying about the cost of living crisis that people are facing today. Um, so connected with that, there is a pooling of generational wealth in the estates we see come through um, currently. So the baby boomer generation, so those born between 1946 and 1964, make up about 14.5 million of the 67000000 people who live in the UK. However, it's estimated they are holding around £5.5 trillion worth of assets. And between now and 2050, we're likely to see a lot of this generational wealth pass, and the majority of that will be tied up in the property that those people live in. Yeah, so we've discussed the reasons behind the rise in probate cases, but what our listeners are more likely to want to know is what they can do to avoid disputes down the line. Um, so uh, what would you say would be uh, the, the best advice for them? So following on what I said earlier about the rules of intestacy, it might be helpful if I sort of set out what they are and then that helps people understand why it's important to make a will and to decide the provision for their estates for themselves. 
Now, the rules of intestacy in England and Wales, and there's different rules for Scotland and Northern Ireland, basically are a flowchart which asks some questions about the person who's passed away where they haven't made a will. Those This flowchart decides what happens to their assets and also who will deal with those assets. The first important question it asks is about whether they are in a, a marriage or a civil partnership. And if they are, that asks about whether they have children. Depending on the value of your estate, and if you have children, the estate will be split either uh, all to the to the spouse, or the spouse will get the first two hundred and seventy thousand pounds of the estate, plus their personal possessions and half of whatever remains over and above that amount. The children will get the other half split equally between them, and if they're minors, it's when they get to the age of eighteen that they get their share. But if you're not married, um, then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there is no provision for a common law spouse. Uh, so therefore, that person is excluded and it may go down to their children if they have them. If they don't have children, then it's back to check to see what the rest of the family tree looks like. So do they have any living parents? If so, it's split equally between the parents. If not, do they have any living siblings? Uh, everything's split equally between those and then living grandparents and so on and so forth. So it can go quite wide out. And in extreme circumstances, if we have people who don't have any relevant family, um, it will go back to the government. So that's what the rules set out. More than half uh, of the UK adults don't have a will. So people haven't actually made their choices yet. This may be thinking that they've got plenty of time to do so in later life, or it may be that they're happy with these intestacy rules. But by not making a will, especially if you own property with someone and you are not married, you are going to cause some issues for them in the future. So the best thing to do is put a will in place, set out what you want to happen and who's going to get your assets. There's no obligation of you to, to leave assets to your family. We have testamentary freedom so you can choose to, to give your assets to whoever you want and a lot of people choose to give some or a proportion of their assets to their favorite charities or any good causes as well as giving legacies you know, small amounts of cash or certain items to family members to friends um, beyond the sort of the immediate family uh, in recognition of you know a lifetime of connectivity with each other so making a will is really important I would say that because I write wills, but from my point of view, uh, it's not just about avoiding the dispute. It's about making positive choices about what happens when you pass away. Um, some people might think, well, I've told my family what I want to happen, so I don't need to make a will. What would you say to that, Laura or Catherine, uh, from a disputes team point of view? Um, I think that you know, it, it's quite naive to think, oh, and, and quite a lot of people will think, oh, I'm already married and everything will pass to my partner. But as Ian was, um, Ian was already explaining, you know, the intestacy rules can throw up odd results. And it might mean that if you haven't made provision for someone in, in your will, then someone is cut out. And then, you know, there, there's then likely to be a dispute. If there is a dispute, then that has an impact on your estate. Because, um, the, the costs of bringing a dispute, they have to be paid um, and, and that's either from the estate or, or by the people bringing or, or defending the claims personally. So, you know, it, it's much better um, 
in, in my opinion, again, like Ian, I would say that because I deal with with disputes on a daily basis. But it is much better to 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 make a will and and make sure that um, everybody in your will is is sufficiently provided for that you want you want to be provided for. Following on from that, I think it's also important to really consider what you're leaving um, people and whether that's sufficient. Do you have the freedom to leave your estate to whomever you choose without any legal obligation to provide for a particular family member or other individual? While you have that freedom to choose who to benefit, there are certain potential beneficiaries, including spouses, children and long-term cohabitants, who have a short window of time to make a claim against your estate if they feel that reasonable financial provision has not been made for them. So I think it's important to really consider what you're leaving and how you're leaving it. And it may be that you need to take specialist legal advice um, regarding that. Yes. And um, what about um, making wills in haste? What do you think uh, that um, throws up in terms of risks of a dispute in the future? In terms of making wills, obviously, we'd like everybody to make a will. We've discussed that at length today but it's making sure you consider all of the things that are important to you and to make good choices um, so rather than just go down put some information on a piece of paper through a will pack purchase from stationers and think that's it it's to have a good consideration of who ought I ought to give consideration to in choosing who gets what from my estate what assets have I got? So to actually consider what you do have um, and also to make sure that you fully document your choices in the correct way. So as professionals, we will make sure that we have full notes of what you did. We provide you with drafts, we'll provide you with advice about the options that you will have and the decisions that you will have to make about how you want to leave things to different people. So you may choose to use a trust or you may choose to use outright gifts, depending on the circumstances, particularly prevalent where you've got younger children to look after um, or vulnerable beneficiaries, you want to put the right provisions in for them. But also if someone is perhaps elderly or more vulnerable, we'll make sure that we record the fact that their capacity to make the will has been tested and has been found to be sound so that if there is any disputes in the future, we can actually be clear in the documentation that we have that this was their choice. Um, and so therefore, it's always better to make sure that you go through the process correctly documenting everything rather than just trying to rush it through as that that's a job to be done and to tick off your to do list. I think just following on from what Ian was saying as well, it's important to remember that wills need to be constantly reviewed and constantly um, looked at to see whether they're still reflective of um, circumstances. People's circumstances do change. You know, people um, have families, um, they have children, you know, children, their children have children. Um, so it's really important to make sure um, that you are constantly reviewing your will. Um, you know, you might get divorced, um, you might get remarried, and it's, it, it's very important to make sure that the provision that you're leaving in your will is is for the right people and, and reflects your circumstances at your particular time in, in life. Also, I would say that the um, will file of a professionally prepared will can be very helpful, influential if a will is later challenged, um, as it 
the person who can provide the best evidence has sadly passed away in a will validity challenge. So the will file can really speak to um, your intentions um, and wishes. And um, if you have a large estate, would you say that um, it's it's particularly important in those cases to uh, take some tax advice um, from a, a solicitor because um, sometimes there are ways that uh, tax can be mitigated um, if you take the correct advice and uh, uh, go to a, a professional for advice on that. What would you say about that, Ian? I think the advice that you'd get from a solicitor when talking about your wills would be just to say what the impact of the gifts that you're going to give will actually mean for the size of your estate and there are different options that you'll have and different outcomes and our job as a solicitor advising you is to actually tell you what the different outcomes are and to look at what you want to achieve because there may be more tax efficient ways of achieving the same outcome but by making changes to your wills and I've touched on it earlier perhaps the use of trusts or perhaps of some gifting in your lifetime using your allowances but there's certainly things to look at in terms of saying the will can be part of a, a rounded set of advice to you about how to make sure that you pass your assets to the people that you want to have them but also doing it in the most tax tax efficient way so there's always opportunities to have some advice about taxation when you're making your will and so if if someone having listened to this is thinking about um, making a will and, and perhaps going to a solicitor to get some advice on it, what uh, information would they need to uh, collect together in preparation for that first meeting? We don't need to have you know, huge details of your assets. Uh, for us, you know, we just want to have a conversation with you. We'd like to understand your family tree. You may not want to give everything to people in your family you may choose to have other options but it, it's important these days to put it in context for us so we'd just like to have a rough family tree and a rough idea of the assets that you do have so whether you have a house or whether you've got shares or bank accounts whether they're joint accounts sole accounts whether they're based in the, this country or whether you're fortunate enough to have assets abroad it gives us a broad spectrum so we don't need to know the full balance of every single bank account but just broadly speaking the assets that you do have so that we can advise you correctly on their disposal and so once we have that information from you it's having that conversation to say what do you want to achieve and for us to advise you in the different ways and probably the best way for you to achieve the outcome that you want so that you can eventually pass away with peace of mind that your wishes are recorded accurately and are going to be respected when you've gone and um if um someone is uh, making different provision for different people within the family. Uh, what would you say about um, how we can avoid disputes perhaps by having those discussions with people before the death so that it doesn't come as a surprise when the person ha has passed away? I think having discussions with your family as to your testamentary wishes is really um, to be encouraged. A lot of shock can arise when a state is passing in a way that is not expected. So having open discussions with your family is a, is a really positive way of trying to um, head off a potential dispute after you've gone. I think as well, not just having discussions, but also perhaps writing a letter 
um, to, to people in your will who may have less provision or, or no provision at all is, is often very helpful. From my perspective, when I'm dealing with, with clients who have been cut out of a will, that they're quite often interested in, and, and want really want to understand why, you know, a, a lot of um, what I deal with with clients is is their sort of upsetness as to why they've been cut out and, and they can't understand it so if you are considering cutting someone out then definitely um if you feel you can't speak to them and, and have those discussions and definitely write something um that can go with your will so when the time comes they can read it and they can you know understand and 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 then perhaps you know they might feel less aggrieved and, and less likely to to bring a claim. I think that also leads into the benefit of a professionally prepared will because I would normally expect the solicitor to discuss um, the reason why someone was being cut out or less provision or unequal provision is being made to them um, and so that that will file again will speak to um, those reasons and pro- help to provide some clarity. Yeah so it's clear that um, we, we're living in difficult times and protecting your wealth and passing it on to the next generation is more important than ever. So going back to our panel what are your main takeaways and the main piece of advice that you would give to our listeners? Ian I come to you first. Yeah I'd just say be positive about uh, making a will and be positive about the choices that you want. You have the freedom to choose who gets what uh, uh, and in what way so if there are people who you want to give things to and it may be unequal between family members it may not include family members it may be charities or organizations that have meant something to you during your lifetime it's just be positive get that down and as mentioned you know if there's any reasons behind it put it in a separate side letter uh, setting out your wishes and explaining what it is you're you're looking to achieve and why you're giving things because at the end of the day no one likes a nasty surprise so uh, the more you can explain your choices and be positive about those the better it will be for everyone yeah i think um you know don't be afraid to to cut people out or or leave less provision you know i think uh, lawyers can be be quite negative and we 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 it's our duty and it's it's in a, it's in our clients best interests to to point out the risks um but at the end of the day you know there is testamentary freedom um so as long as you know you're making very careful considered decisions with legal advice and, and specialist legal advice um you know that there, there's no reason why you can't make a will leaving um y- your assets and 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 whatever you have um to to whoever you want thank you laura and catherine have you got any top tips for us um i'd probably suggest getting a professionally prepared will reviewing your current will talking to your family and ultimately getting legal advice if you're at all concerned about your will and whether it may cause a dispute thank you thank you everyone so that's all for today Thank you for listening to the Erwin Mitchell podcast. If you found it interesting, then join us for our next episode. And thank you to our panel and bye for now.